How many of you know that Brother Hal is one of the great technology nerds of all time? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for it. Amen, sister. Thank you. Well, week before last, as I was confined to my house, Hal found a way, as he put it, through bailing wire and duct tape to FaceTime me into the worship service where I got to share prayer time with you and also to preach a message that was near and dear to my heart. Sincerely, Brother Hal, I really and sincerely thank you for all that. Amen. But what you didn't know was this. As I was returning from the doctor's office coming home, I received a message from Brother Hal asking me what my address was. Now, I didn't think much about it, but I've got to be honest, I did wonder why in the world does Hal want my address? Well, then he sent up a follow-up message, and it said this. Left something on your front porch that's going to change your life. Merry Christmas. Man, immediately my mind starts to race. Wow, what could this possibly be that's going to change my life? And I thought, hmm, a gift of a million dollars would change my life. Amen. And I said, nah, how's rich, but he ain't that rich. Amen. And then I said, maybe he bought me a triple-layer chocolate cake. A good one of those will change your life, amen? But then I remembered Brother Hal hadn't won a men's bake-off in years, amen? And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe Hal got me an old-fashioned banana pudding. I mean, a good, delicious banana pudding will change your life, sister, you hear me? But I said, no, that's not how style. So what could it possibly be? I get home. I immediately rush to the front porch, and I discovered the gift that Brother Hal had left for me. It was a set of AirPods. AirPods are basically little earbuds that pair perfectly with your iPhone. To say that I was excited is an understatement. What an incredible gift, Brother Hal. Will it change my life? That remains to be seen. But i got to tell you, I love my AirPods. Amen. You know, ever since those wise men showed up in the stable, delivering gold and frankincense and myrrh to the Christ child, Ever since that day, people have been exchanging gifts at Christmas time. Of course, it's a little more complicated today than it was then. For one thing, wise men didn't have to contend with crowded shopping malls and slam-packed Walmarts and online shipping delays. The wise men didn't have to worry about sizes and colors and return policies. The wise men didn't have to sweat iPhones and video games and Legos and high-def LED TVs. All they had to worry about was just plain old gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, friends, this year, like every year, 
millions of people will open millions of gifts. Some of those gifts won't fit. Some of those gifts will be the wrong color. And many of those gifts will be either returned, exchanged, or maybe even re-gifted. Amen? <laughs> and Amanda goes, oh. <laughs> oh, we're all guilty of that. But listen, there's only one gift that meets everybody's needs. There's only one gift that never wears out. One gift, friend, that never breaks. One gift that never needs repair. It's a gift. It's a gift that's appropriate for small children, for teenagers, for adults, and yes, even for senior citizens. It's a gift that's suitable for boy or girl, man or woman. It makes no difference. And this precious gift is what this whole Christmas season is all about. The entirety of this book, the entirety of Scripture points to God's greatest gift of all time. Now I want you to go to two passages of Scripture for me. One is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. That's on page 1003 in the Bibles in front of you. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Put your finger there and then go to the other one, which is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, which is on page 1038. And I want you to get a pen or a pencil or a highlighter, or some writing instrument. If you don't have one, then prick your finger and let's circle it with blood, okay? Amen? This is important. Of all the verses in the Bible, I want you to make sure that you circle these two verses today. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. The consequences of sin, of a sinful lifestyle, is eternal damnation. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You need to circle verse 23. Now go to the next verse. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Paul was writing to church folks in the Ephesus, and he says in chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace, the grace of God, you have been saved, saved from sin, through faith in Jesus Christ, and that not of yourselves, here it goes, it is a gift of God. You need to circle verse 8. You see, this most valuable and this most needed gift of all, came as a baby, born to Mary and Joseph, came to a manger in Bethlehem over 2,021 years ago. And so on Christmas, you and I celebrate the fact that God gave a gift. 
He gave a gift of His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, so that by placing our faith in Him, we can have our sins forgiven and we can be guaranteed of eternal life with the Father in heaven for all time. What a gift. But today I want to share three details about this gift. Three details about this incredible, priceless gift. It's uh, some details that you can take home with you. It's some details that you can take home with you and share with other people the whole year round about this gift. So the first detail about God's greatest gift is that it is Jesus Christ. The gift that God offers us at Christmas is to know Jesus Christ. It's important that you know Jesus Christ. In John chapter 4 verse 10, Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And listen to what he says. He says, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. Water that would well up in you through eternal life. If you knew the gift of God. You see, God offers every single person on the planet an opportunity to know him. An opportunity to know him as a friend, to have fellowship with him as a father, and to have a relationship with him that is like none other. He gives us all that opportunity. The gift that God offers is to know and to be known by his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have learned from my father I have made known to you. Jesus went on later to pray to his father in heaven and he says, now this is eternal life. Now when I hear that, my spiritual antenna go up. When the Lord of God, when Lord God Almighty Jesus Christ says, here is eternal life. I'm getting ready to tell you what eternal life is. I start paying attention. Here we go. Jesus says, now this is eternal life. That you may know, that you may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is eternal life. Knowing the one and only true God and his son, Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, friend, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you received the gift of God? Do you have this kind of relationship with the Son of God? Do you know Jesus as a friend? Do you look at him as someone who you can converse with? Do you look upon the Lord Jesus, the greatest gift of all time, as someone you can confide in? Do you look at him as someone whom you can seek wisdom from? Listen, if you don't have that kind of relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to know that this morning you can. 
You don't have to leave here without having a saving relationship, knowing that you have a saving relationship with the Son of God, the greatest gift of all time. Don't feel that you have to get right with God first. Don't feel you've got to let go of all your sins before you come to Christ. Don't think you've got to get right with God before you welcome Jesus into your life this Christmas. All you have to do is ask. Come to him. Admit that you're a sinner. And then ask him to forgive you. Ask him to save you. Ask him to help change you. Ask him to walk with you every single day for the rest of your life. All you got to do is ask. Just ask. That's all you have to do. Now, maybe some of you have never heard anybody describe the Christian life this way. Maybe this sounds a little strange to you for someone to talk about Jesus who died on a cross some 2,000 years ago, and here I am talking about spending time with him. Like he was some flesh and blood person that I can see and touch and, and speak with. Friend, listen, while I don't claim to have any visions and I don't claim to hear voices, that doesn't make my relationship with Jesus any less real. I talked to him this morning, amen? I pray you did too. I know that Jesus is present with me. How do you know, Bill? Because the Bible says that he came as Emmanuel, God with us. And I know that because I am his, wherever I go, he goes. He is with me. But I also know that Christ's Spirit lives in know that the Holy Spirit of God speaks to me through the Bible. And I know that I can speak to him in my prayer life. I can minister and be ministered to because of the Holy Spirit. First John 1 John 1.3, John testified. He said, that which we've seen, now John really saw him. That which we've seen, that which we've heard, we declare to you. That you may have fellowship with us. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. You need to know, before you leave here this morning, that you have that kind of fellowship with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine any greater relationship than having someone be a part of who you are? Actually be in you? There is no more intimate a relationship than that. But sometimes people think that being a Christian is nothing but responsibility. Doing this and doing that, being here and being there, doing things that I'd really not rather be doing. Like maybe coming to church when you could... Be home in your living room, relaxing in the recliner. Others see the Christian life as a whole lot of rules. Others see the Christian life as a list of checks and X's. Many see the Christian life as a list of do's and don'ts, mostly don'ts. But then there are some that say, you know what? Being a Christian is probably a pretty good idea. I mean, there are a whole lot of benefits to being a Christian. Benefits like improved relationships with other people. Benefits like stronger marriages. 
Benefits like guidance in raising our kids. Benefits like emotional strength when I'm going through a difficult circumstance. All those are great benefits. And all those are true. But even that misses the mark of why we live the Christian life. You see, the essence of Christianity, therefore, the essence of Christmas is not rules. It's not a list of checks and X's. It's not a list of rules. It's not a list of of do's and don'ts. It's just not even all about the blessings. The essence of Christianity, the essence of Christmas, y'all, is a relationship with Jesus. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with the Son of God? Yes, my friend, the Christian life does bring countless benefits. Think about the love and the hope and the joy that you enjoy because of your Christian life. But all of those things flow from your relationship. They all flow through your relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, consider this for a second. Your greatest gift to your loved ones is this. Your greatest gift to your loved ones is a relationship. The greatest gift you can give to those whom you love is your love and your care. The greatest gift you can give to those whom you love is your time and your attention. The greatest gift that you can give to your loved ones is your commitment to always be there Even when times get tough. Am I right? That's the greatest gift we can give to those whom we love. Everything else flows out of that relationship. There's many other things, but everything flows out of that relationship. In the same way, God's greatest gift to us is a relationship. A relationship with himself through Jesus Christ. And I'll just tell you, my friends, the greatest gift of God has incredible, incredible value. Although there is truly nothing more desirable than knowing Jesus, many people just can't see it. Many people... They don't have their spiritual eyes open and so they don't get it. They look into the manger. But they don't see the king. They look into the manger, but they don't see a savior. They look into the manger and they don't see mighty God. They don't see the everlasting father. They don't see the prince of peace. They look into the manger and, to be honest with you, they don't see anything special. Why? Because they don't have the eyes of faith. Their spiritual eyes are not open. And so all they can see 
is just an ordinary human being. And so what do they do? They pass by the child in the manger. And instead, they seek the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh that's lying beside the Christ child. They don't want the Savior. They just want the blessings that come with it. They don't want a relationship with the king. They want what the king can give to them. So which do you value more? The toys and trinkets of this world that will crumble into dust? Or do you desire a relationship with the king? A relationship with God himself through his only begotten son that will last forever. You're presented with a choice this morning. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden, hidden in a field. And when the man found that treasure, listen to what he did. He went and he hid it again in a different place in the field. And in his joy, he went and he sold everything he had. So he could come back and buy that field and have that treasure. Jesus continued on saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. And when he finally found one of great value, he went and he sold everything he had so he could buy that pearl. So what's the point? Knowing Christ, being in a relationship with Jesus is worth more than anything else in this world. Anything else that you could ever possess Does your life reflect that Jesus is worth more than everything else in the world to you? Do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? Friend, while God's greatest gift is Jesus Christ, and that gift has great value, the third detail, like all other gifts, is God's greatest gift must be received. God's greatest gift must be received. You see, friend, this gift is available to all, but it's forced on none. This gift is available to everyone, but it's not forced on anyone. So we have to receive it. We have to take the package. We have to tear off the wrappings. We have to accept this gift as our own. We each have to make the decision that we're going to receive the gift of God into our lives. The Bible teaches that to all who receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Not all who heard about him. Not all who, who understood all of his teachings. 
Not to all who attended church. Not to all who tried to follow the golden rule. But all who received him. Who believed in him. Could become a child of God. The teaching and the attending and the following comes later. You need to leave here this morning knowing that you have received the Son of God believing in His name. Now some people imagine that the love of God is something we have to earn. Some imagine that there's something we got to do to deserve the forgiveness from God. They think that we have to somehow be good enough to merit His acceptance. But friend, I want you to listen very carefully. If you're listening, say amen. A gift you have to pay for ain't no gift at all. Did you hear me? A gift you have to pay for ain't no gift at all. Imagine the absurdity Imagine how absurd it would be if you went and purchased a bunch of of Christmas gifts, but before you gave those gifts to the recipient, you went to them and said, okay, you got to pay me for your gift. Is that crazy or what? It's absurd. Friend, maybe you opened God's greatest gift a long time ago. Maybe you opened the gift, but then you set it upon the shelf. And there it sat for the last decade. Maybe you haven't really thought about that gift very much lately. Maybe it's been opened, set on the shelf. And you've just been too busy. You've just been too distracted. And frankly, maybe you've just been too hurt. Too hurt to give Jesus the time and the attention that he so richly deserves. Maybe for you, God's greatest gift still lies under the tree. beautiful wrapping paper. It's still ready for you to open. But you need to know today that Jesus is the greatest gift God ever gave to mankind. But more importantly, Jesus is the greatest gift God ever gave, especially God gave you the greatest gift He could ever give. Do you find it a little bit odd that on Jesus' birthday He don't get no gifts? This Christmas, I'm giving Jesus a gift on His birthday. 
this Christmas, I'm committing to give myself to Jesus to thank him for all that he's done for me. I am giving myself, and I know that I am really the only gift that God wants from me. You are the only gift that Jesus really wants from you. He just wants you. And when I give myself, when you give yourself to the Lord, that means that He possesses you. That means that He owns you. That means that He owns your thoughts. He possesses your feelings. He possesses your words. He possesses your deeds. He possesses all of your relationships. He possesses all your possessions. In other words, He owns me. I am His property and glad to be His property. And I know that when Jesus owns me, that He's going to care for me. I know that when He owns me, He's going to take responsibility for me. And I'm so thankful that God gave me Jesus the most priceless gift that could ever be given. Friends, as we exchange gifts and celebrate the birth of Christ, will you give yourself to Christ on His birthday? Will you give yourself to Christ as a gift of thanks? I'm praying this Christmas that you won't leave Jesus on the shelf. I'm praying this Christmas you won't leave Jesus under the tree. I'm praying this Christmas that you'll receive the gift from God that has a tag with your name on it. What better time is there than Christmas time for us as His own to renew our commitment to Him. What better time is there than Christmas time to begin a life of fellowship with God? What better time than Christmas time to begin a new life of joy and peace and hope and faith? There is no better time. See, Jesus first came around Christmas time some 2,021 years ago. And He's coming again for those who have accepted the gift, the gift of God. Friends, I invite you back tonight to learn more about His calling up of the church. Not to be confused with His second coming that comes at another time, but he's going to call us up if we've accepted the gift. Tonight you can learn about that in a real special biblical way. So I encourage you to come back at five, but more importantly today, I pray that you have opened the greatest gift of God and that you've received it as your own. Let me pray for you.
Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you.